We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We have a film to discuss today, and I'm super excited to introduce our guests. I will do so momentarily, but first, just wanted to give a shout out to our presenting chess education sponsors, Chessable.com. As I record this here in late October, Fabiano Caruana has finally debuted his first Chessable course, so be sure to check that out. They've also got new ones from Sam Shanklin, Maurice Ashley. Be sure to check out the community authors as well, like recent guest candidate master Ken Kabadai, as well as a list of my favorites, which you can find linked to in the description. Now, our guests this week are some filmmakers who have a forthcoming slash brand new movie coming out documentary coming out called The City of Human Chess. Uh, so we're going to discuss it in some detail. If you don't want spoilers, you could watch it. It's about 20 minutes long, and we'll tell you how to watch it in a second. Um, so we're going to discuss it in some detail, but um, hopefully you don't mind spoilers. And if you do, then watch it and then come back. But our guests this week are the director of this film, who is also an she's an award winning filmmaker. She's also a musician. Uh, by the name of Cecilia Albertini. Welcome, Cecilia. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, excited to chat about this excellent movie. And we are also joined by the co-producer of this film, director and filmmaker Chandler Tofa. He's also the creative director and producer for Chess.com. Among other films, you can see the 2021 documentary in collaboration with Chess.com called Griffin's Gambit. 
another feel-good story. And welcome to the pod, Chandler. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to talk about this movie. As I was just saying to you guys before we started recording, obviously there's a lot of bad news going on in the world, especially in the Middle East region of late, which is a bit of a downer. But this movie is far from a downer. Um, it's just a short story about uh, people in a small town in Italy getting together to stage a human chess game. Um, so it just tells the story of this biannual chess game. Um, so again, if you want to watch it, it is on a platform called Magellan TV. Uh, you can sign up for like a $6 a month monthly subscription. I think there's even a free trial if you just want to check it out. Um, so if you want to see it first, go check it out first. But it's really not about the plot points of the story, but just the it's a beautifully shot and beautifully told story. Um, so, Cecilia, excited to dig in. And of course, my first question is how you became aware of this uh, this human chess game that takes place uh, every couple of years. Uh, well, actually, funnily enough, even though I am from Italy and my mother is from uh, a town that is. 30 minutes away from Marostica, which is uh, where the human chess game takes place. I did not know about this event and Chandler <laughs> was the one who actually told me about it. Um, so yes, so it took an American <laughs> discovering this uh, little Italian gem and uh, pointing it out to me. And as soon as he mentioned it, I I got very, very excited. I felt like it was such a unique and beautiful event. Um, and also it just felt very close to home because like I said, that's where my mother's family is from. And I, you know, I speak the dialect, I understand the culture. And so it just felt like an amazing opportunity, but uh, maybe Chandler can, can explain how he came, like how he found the story. Yeah. To give you a little bit of context, we were looking to create a film that's slightly higher production value than kind of other content we make for chess.com and we were looking for a story that could be visually entertaining that kind of has that cultural travel aspect to it um so i did a lot of research into a lot of different chess traditions all around the world this one was the only town who has like a physical chess board in the middle of the square uh so automatically it kind of stood out from the rest um and on top of that it, it was very interesting kind of the the arc of how COVID affected the town, how that tourism, uh, you know, is a big part of the economy for that town. And so I thought that that might be an interesting lead to create a short documentary on. Chandler, you mentioned the production value, and it is quite striking. First of all, the town itself is beautiful. Um, one of these sort of rustic, small European towns that as an American, they always get jealous of. Um, and it's beautifully shot. You have, and you guys have these incredible overhead um, shots showing the town and then again all the people getting together so like how did the um, production come together you guys were were you given a budget by chess.com um, obviously I greatly appreciate it because I so enjoyed the film yeah so this project was fully funded by chess.com um, the production value a lot of that you have to give credit to Cecilia um, I, I met Cecilia back at our old job working for participant medium uh, and she has a great track record, has developed, uh, she's developed a lot of great content over the years. And for a lot of, I mean, she's done stuff for HBO Max and stuff like that. I can let her talk about that. Uh, but I was looking for a filmmaker who could deliver that kind of quality. 
um, because chess.com wants to create more and more high production original content. Um, yeah. And Cecilia, did you have any background with chess? No, I actually didn't. I, I, you know, I barely play chess. Um, but um, yeah, I think that the, you know, the Queen's Gambit was really the, the <laughs> what I know, like, I love that show so much. And it introduced me to the world of chess. Like I, I had played a little bit before, but yeah, I wasn't like an expert of any kind. So I, you know, I started playing a little bit more when I was shooting the documentary, just to get a little understand at least like how it works. But no, I cannot say that I had a background in chess, but Chandler does. <laughs> yeah, I spied on your chess.com profile, Chandler, but you can discuss your chess background a bit as well. <laughs> My background, I just play for fun. Um, I am yeah, 1300, 1400 on Blitz, so not a very competitive chess player, but I love the stories that are tied to chess and it's, so, it's such a global game. That's been great. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my favorite aspect of the game as well. Um, so it is time to reveal some mild spoilers again. My personal recommendation for anyone listening and trying to decide if they should come back later is just listen, because again, the movie is not so much about the story. But Cecilia, I do think it might be helpful for listeners if you tell the sort of hook of how it is that this human chess game has been going on for so long. Yes. So um, the human chess game started actually in the 1920s. Um, so right between the two big wars that went on in, in Europe. And and, um, and that's when the square, the main square of the town was turned into this gigantic chessboard, which is really beautiful to look at. And the this event, they've tied it back to a um, sort of a legend um, that is that is set in in Marostica, which is this small town. And it's a legend that took place in the 1400. And it's a very like, you know, one of those uh, Greek tragedy type of uh, stories where you have these two um, two knights that are in love with the same woman and they decide to sort of decide who's going to become the husband by instead of fighting each other with, with violence and swords, they challenge challenge each other uh, through a chess game, which is a much more sort of peaceful way to, to deal with conflict. And so I think I loved the message of this, this legend and everybody loves it there. And so, so then, like I was saying, in the 1920s, they've started to put together this event every two years, uh, sort of involving the entire city. And pretty much everyone in the city takes a part of it, even though like, you know, it's thousands of people, but um, they all do something. They either are in the chess game and play a part or they organize, you know, everything surrounding it. Uh, and it becomes this like huge, huge event and they get, you know, they get funds through the through the government Um but, you know, they don't really make any money off of it. And everybody's working for free um, in its in its creation, which I thought was also incredibly just beautiful to witness and kind of rare. Um, but, yeah, so that's pretty much how how it all like started. And it's been going on for, yeah, for almost, yeah, 100 years at this point. Yeah, there is something very life affirming and pure about it. I mean, it's a town of 14,000 people. 
Um, and as you say, like hundreds of volunteers working on it yeah. and then thousands of paying customers, like everyone's like fully bought in. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. Like, did you meet anyone in the course that was just like, you know, this chess game is terrible. Who cares? Why does our town do this? I mean, it just seemed like so, so pure and such a unifying force for everyone. So I'm just curious if there were any naysayers in, in your t- yeah. travels, Cecilia. I found I found a couple of naysayers that were complaining that basically this person that I have in mind is like in his 60s. And he was telling me that back in the day when he was a kid, it felt like much less of a touristic commercial type of thing. And so it felt more authentic at the time. And now he was complaining, oh, it's become this very like commercialized thing. Um, So that was like, but he was in the minority. Everybody else I saw and talked to was just so enthusiastic about it. So, you know, you always have the, (laughs) the naysayers, like you said. Yeah, I mean, and it's sort of like being a victim of your own popularity. Like when I Googled the town without even Googling the story, the the first thing that pops up is the Human Chess League. And I mean, the yeah. Human Chess game. And obviously with this film, that it's um its notoriety is only going to grow. Yeah, exactly. And I think it brings so much tourism and so much, yeah, like you said, notoriety to the place. And there's only to be gained, to be honest. So I hope it will continue for many years. Yeah. And I mean, it's got live horses like the the scale, yeah. the production, as I said, of the documentary is wonderful, but also the the game itself. I mean, you've got people making costumes, people doing makeup, the teenage girls who play the queens um, are <laughs> like, you know, they're super excited to be in it. It's um, yeah. it's it's really touching. Yeah, I, wish- I know. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, uh, uh, having seen this, I know the answer to this, but listeners may be wondering, like, what's going on with the actual chess game? Like, is it is it two people actually playing against each other or a reenactment? It's it's a reenactment of the chess game, of a, of a famous chess game that happened in the past. So every two years, they pick a different existing match. Um. And um, yeah, so they basically reenact the same moves and you have, have these two knights that are playing it. And then the people on the big chessboard, the, the actual ch- human chess pieces are mirroring the game. Um, yeah, so yeah, they usually tend to pick matches or, or games that are interesting to look at. And um, this year, this past year, 2022, they picked a game that had a lot of um, moves with the horses because people love to watch the horses move. Um, and then it had an interesting checkmate move um, because they had the um, the rook um, sort of crossing the entire chessboard. And that felt also very like unique. I, I, again, I'm not a chess expert, but at least that's what they said. So they do they do tend to choose games that are interesting, like visually as well. So, yeah. Um, and for listeners, actually, it is a super famous chess game. I don't know about in past years, but in this case, yeah, it's the Nimzovich Alapin, which some listeners will be familiar with and uh, I'll link to and others can look up. And Cecilia, so what was um like? What was the process of making this film? Like, did you spend, did you move to the town? And um, how how long 
did it take you to put this together? Yeah, so I I went there um, like three different times. The first time I just went there like a few months before the the event and I got to know the organizers um, and I introduced myself and I sort of, and I was lucky again, because my mom has a really good friend who's from that town who just knew everybody and she put me in touch with everybody. It's very, you know, here in Italy, especially, it really helps if you have a connect, like a personal connection that then just opens a lot of doors. So I was lucky to have that. And um, I got in touch with the organizers. I talked to them. I explained what I was trying to do. Um, And then the next time I went in with my camera, with a director of photography and a sound person, and we did like a first day of shooting just to get some of the interviews out of the way. And then I moved there for basically a month or three weeks um, during the actual event. So I, I arrived about two and a half weeks before the event and I stayed for another week, like during the event, because it's it it actually it doesn't show it in the movie, but um, the event is not just one night; is four different nights. Um, so I stayed for all the different nights of events. So yeah, I spent a lot of time there. I wanted to get to know the people. I wanted to get them to trust me and um, to understand like what's going on. And I think the best way to do it is just to immerse yourself in the place. And that's what I, that's what I did. That's crazy that it's four nights. What are they doing? What are they doing on the other nights? The same thing. So they just stayed, it's like multiple showings of a play sort of thing. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And when they say there's 4,000 paying customers, I guess that means in, in total. Yeah. In total. Yeah, yeah, that that makes more sense as I think about it. And of course, um, in the documentary, again, mild spoiler, um, there's the unexpected twist that it rains. But in reality, it probably wasn't so unexpected. So what was it like uh, leading up to that, Cecilia, as you start to check the weather forecast and like, you know, <laughs> watch the people make contingency plans? Yeah, it was very actually it was kind of unexpected because the weather kept changing and we were all looking at the weather forecast, but it wasn't saying it was going to rain up until like an hour before. And then it started to rain. And, um, you know, it was a big deal because you have all these spectators. Every, everything is outdoors, obviously. And um, there's no plan B if it rains. So, yeah, it was it was very stressful for everyone involved. But um, but I think they, you know, they managed to pull it together and, and still have a great show so so yeah i think that actually the rain selfishly it was an interesting element to have in the story because it just brings a little bit more conflict and and just you know shows you that it is a challenging thing to put on so yeah yeah for sure so how many hours of footage did you have to call into this like 21 minute uh, um a lot i think we were around 50 or 55 hours of footage. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's a lot. I think, you know, I wanted to get as much as I could uh, since I was there and then decide later, like what I really needed. You know, it's better to have than to not have. So right. I definitely overshot, but, but I think it's, I think it's a good thing in, you know, it, and it, it helps you really understand what's important and what's not. And so, 
I have done this process before. I have edited other documentaries before. It didn't feel daunting, to be honest. And I had a great um, assistant editor slash co-editor, Alicia Airoldi, and she was instrumental in just helping me sort of make sense of all this footage. But um, yeah, and obviously Chandler was very helpful too in uh, guiding us through all the different edits and finding the right narrative. Yeah, it was very important. Yeah, and and well done. And were there any stories or angles that like you really wanted to get in the film, but you just couldn't make it work? Yeah, I think that both Chandler and I initially wanted to make it more of a character-driven piece and um, and sort of focus more on the two main characters, which are Simone, uh, who is kind of the producer slash organizer of the show, and Maurizio, who is the direct, the creative director of the show. Uh, we wanted it to be more about them and their personal lives a little bit, like also because this is this might be Maurizio's last uh, show that he does because he's you know he's he's not old but he's getting older and he's kind of you know ready to to pass the torch. <laughs> um, so we wanted it. We wanted that to be more of a thing, like his personal story, uh, and it being the last show and all of that. But then, as we were editing, we realized that it's not. It doesn't have to be a character-driven piece, and it feels more right for it to be this sort of ensemble piece where everybody has an equal weight in the story, and it's the main character is really the city itself. Um, and that felt like a better, a better angle. But I don't know if gender, if you want to add anything to, to that. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different iterations. Um, I think like Cecilia said, I think we came to the conclusion that the city itself was the focus of the film. Um, and there's a lot of back and forth too, about how much of it should be, touching upon COVID and the pandemic and how much that affected the city or if it should be more, you know, focused on the characters. But like Cecilia said, I think we were able to hone it down to truly kind of the heart of what the film is now. Um, and I think that's kind of what gives it also the kind of feel good element that you started off this um, call with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was to me, that was the, the, the a storyline is just, so many people volunteering. I mean, that sort of communal aspect is yeah. really what stood out to me. So I agree that it didn't necessarily need to be individual character driven. We'll be right back with more chess and film talk with Cecilia and Chandler. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. One of my last questions about the film, Cecilia, I'm just curious as a as a content creator. So you, you've created this great short film um, and then you have to think about distribution. Um, so you you ended up on the Magellan platform, which I guess is you might call it semi paywalled. I mean, as a consumer, I'm, I'm someone who's always willing to pay for content. In this case, the fact that there's a, a free trial um, is is an added incentive for anyone uh, considering watching it, which I certainly encourage people to do. But how do you guys sort of balance the desire for as many eyeballs as possible versus like, um, you know, commercial interests sort of thing? Yeah, I think I mean, Chandler can speak more about um, distribution because he's been really taking the lead on that, which has been hugely helpful because usually I'm you know, I'm an independent filmmaker and I usually I've done also like TV and stuff like that. But when it comes to like shorts and stuff, it's usually just me. And then I have to figure out a distribution strategy. And it's not easy with shorts. Yeah. It's quite hard, actually, weirdly enough, because I think shorts have a great like a huge audience, actually. And they can be very interesting to watch, just as interesting as the features, if not more, because there's more creative freedom in making a short because usually it's made by independent people. And so they don't have to subscribe to what the studio wants them to do. So anyways, this is a longer (laughs) conversation, but um, after finishing it, you know, both Chandler and I knew that we wanted it to go through the festival route and um, we wanted to apply to documentary film festivals and to make sure that it had like public screenings and could be seen by people. But then Chandler also had a great plan for distribution on platforms. And, you know, I I was actually kind of more skeptical because I told him, you know, it's so hard to find distribution for a short. Um, That's been my experience in the past, but actually he surprised me because he did. uh, And he can speak more about that. Yeah. Well, to give you a little context behind the eyeballs, uh, like, I mean, you saw Griffin's Gambit, which we threw up on the chess.com YouTube channel. Um, and as we've seen, is it's we really kind of want to differentiate the chess.com original productions that are kind of higher quality, a little bigger of a budget. And if you just throw those on YouTube, a lot of times you don't really get the same sense of appreciation and also value uh, that you could get on, say, a platform like Magellan TV that's really oriented towards people who love documentaries and nonfiction content. Um, so this film kind of served a purpose, almost like a proof of concept to create more high-end, bigger projects that are chess-related. Uh, and the goal is to kind of target new audiences. 
Um, so chess obviously is kind of tie, it ties everything in, but you know, by having it uh, live on a platform like Magellan TV, uh, we hope to gain more interest outside of our, our, the current audience that we're engaging on YouTube or other social platforms. Um, and I'd also like to add, we're, we're going to launch a promo code on the chess.com website too. To get, I don't know how many free months on Magellan to watch the movie, but that that should be coming out by the time of release of the film. Okay, so yeah, I'll include any information related to that um, in in the show description, and and yeah, I just want to say, I mean, that totally makes sense from a, a marketing perspective, Chandler, and I think it's admirable. I mean, obviously, love to have storytellers like you and Cecilia, um, you know, focusing on the chess world. But it also cuts both ways for because I did, I wasn't aware of Magellan TV, but like once I saw it, I was like, wow, this looks fascinating. I want to dig into this as well and check out some uh, some non chess content. Um, so as we wrap up, Chandler, you mentioned the film Griffin's Gambit, which, as you said, is available for free on Chess.com's YouTube channel. Um, could you uh, I mean, I watched it, but I think it's you could probably still describe it better than I could. I, I really enjoyed it. But could you uh, briefly describe the story for any listeners who haven't had a chance to check that one out? Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I talked about that film. Um, that was really that was a film I made on the side just for fun for Chess.com while I was working at my old job. Uh, and it tells the story of a kid named Griffin. He's based out of Golden, Colorado, um, and he he's had seizures his whole life. Um, and he he's a very good chess player, and it's always been his his goal to become a master. Uh, but his seizures kept getting worse, and eventually he had to get a surgery. Um, and they removed, I think it was the whole left side of his brain. Um, and, but it's an incredible story because he he survived the surgery. His family's awesome, the McConnell family. Uh, they really have a really strong sense of positivity. And uh, now I'm not sure what he's up to, but I think he's very close or he has achieved that title of master. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I believe he has. And I checked his profile and he was playing on chess.com as recently as like 10 days before um, we're recording this. So yeah, um, he's been killing it. Um, and despite everything he's been through, he's, he's the film and his story has inspired countless of other people. And especially when it comes to, you know, dealing with, um, disability in chess or making the game more inclusive, uh, he and his family has, has done a great job. Yeah. It's, it's another good one. And do you have, so in your, could you describe, so I heard your title for chess.com, but could you describe what your, your day-to-day work sort of encompasses Chandler? Yeah, well, the my whole job is to grow the game of chess through powerful storytelling. Um, so the, the content ranges from, you know, short form content from TikTok, skits, that kind of stuff, stuff you see with Danny in the Green Pond suit, to higher end quality content like this, to even bigger projects that we haven't announced yet. Um, and so my day-to-day, a lot of it is coordinating with filmmakers like Cecilia uh, on different projects, making sure that we're on budget, on schedule, pushing things through. Um, a lot of other times it's just talking to people within the community, figuring out what the stories are. Because oddly enough, you know, chess, there's an incredible, incredible amount of stories that have yet to be told. Um, and they at chess.com hired me right after the Queen's Gambit because they realized, you know, people who enjoyed that film, all of them came to play on chess.com. And 
Um, so really finding those stories and people, you know, who actually exist and have made an impact within the chess world. My job is to, to find those stories and tell them in a way, you know, that people can enjoy and also find pretty easily online or on different platforms and stuff like that. Excellent. And Cecilia, you mentioned you're basically a fairly casual chess player, but while you were, uh, decamped, in, and I'm going to try to say the town's name, although I've been worried I'm going to screw it up. Um, Maras, Marastica, I believe. Marastica. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> While right. you were stationed in Marastica, did you did you play any games? Well, I tried, you know, and, and my my husband was there because he actually was helping on the production too. He was the line producer. And he's a much better player than I am. And he was very patiently trying to help me play. But I have zero patience. I'm terrible, especially with games. I don't play with cards. I, I'm terrible. If I have to learn something like a new game, I'm just, I get so frustrated. It's horrible. So I, I tried. <laughs> just I tried. But I do want to get better. I think it actually is one of those games that really force you to think and to use your brain. And um, and yeah, so I, I think I, I want to take the time to take it more seriously. But I'll let you know okay. if I do. <laughs> All right. It's funny how patience works because you'll hear someone like you say, yeah, I just don't have the patience for that. But meanwhile, you're shooting 55 hours of film and turning, <laughs> it, turning it into 20 minutes. So That is much easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clearly, you have some kind of patience, but, but. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just not for for some games. I don't know why, but yeah. And, <laughs> and what about you, Chandler? So you mentioned you you play more actively, um, pretty strong player. But are you like grinding tactics every day? Do you work on your game, or do you manage to sort of keep no. it pure? <laughs> no, I I like five minute quick games between calls. It's nothing that really improves my my skill or strategy, really. Which is okay. unfortunate because when I play everyone else at chess.com, they they just they destroy me. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean it sounds like that sort of frames your perspective because you're you know, as thirteen hundred on chess.com, you're you're pretty good. But but if you're playing only people who work at chess.com, I can I can see how that might be a, a hit to the ego. Um well listen, guys. I just want to thank you for making this film. It's it's fantastic. Strongly encourage listeners to to check it out. Um, so do you guys have, I think we we know to go to Magellan TV. I'll link to that and to the promo code that Chandler mentioned. Uh, Cecilia, any uh, closing thoughts before we say goodbye? No, I'm just, I'm so glad that you liked the film and thank you so much for, for having us and allowing us to, to chat about it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all. I hope more people watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, I hope so too. It truly deserves a big audience. So good luck. Uh, we're, we're recording this in late October. I know you've got a festival next week and I'm sure all kinds of events and Chandler, thank you as well. Do you have any closing, any, uh, closing thoughts as we say goodbye? No, it's been an awesome experience. Really huge credit to Cecilia, who's championed this project the whole way through. Um, we also have one festival in the Netherlands at the uh, International Film Festival of The Hague um, happening November 10th through the 12th. So I'm not sure if this episode... I think is... it'll be out by then. And there's a lot of chess enthusiasts in the Netherlands. So hopefully uh, a few people... Um, so the film is called uh, The City of Human Chess. And I'm sorry, did I cut you off, Chandler? No. That's okay. It. Yeah, the, the film is called The City of Human Chess. Strongly recommend it. And uh, thanks again, guys. And congratulations. Congratulations.
Thank you. Thanks so much. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.